This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome in on this Wednesday program. We've got some good stuff coming your way as we normally think we do. Volleyball coach Jolene Shepherdson, whose team is headed to the NIBC. That's going to be our second segment. We'll also tell you which Bulls made all conference. In this segment, we'll tell you the final weekly honoree for football. You can guess who it might be. Also give you a little bit of what you might have missed from Michael Kelly on the bowl possibilities for the Bulls. A new women's soccer coach has been named. Familiar name, Chris Brown. And from the very beginning of the last season for Denise Shilty Brown, she started dropping hints pretty strongly that she wanted her husband to take over the reins of the program. And I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. But it was an actual search by Michael Kelly, a legitimate search. And it kept going back to Chris Brown. Tell you a little bit more about him here shortly. Also preview tomorrow's basketball outings. Remember, it will be a very early broadcast, 10.45 a.m. for the women's game against Charleston Southern, which comes to town 1-5. and five. And the men are going to Hofstra tomorrow night. That is going to be a tough one. Hofstra coming off a championship at the Gulf Coast Showcase where they had a 40-point score in one game. We'll tell you more about that. Also, women's lacrosse has announced its second full class and a big-time honor for one of the members of the women's tennis team. In fact, it's top member. We'll start off with the Bulls football team, and Michael Kelly gave us the full rundown if you want to go to our podcast page and check out Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. But here's the narrow-it-down part as far as the Bulls' likely bowl destination. I think for the most part, it's too way too early to tell this week, but 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 I, I would suggest the ones that are taking the closest look at us right right now are military, Fenway, Gasparilla, Boca, first responders, and uh, armed forces are probably the, the most likely ones that are kind of considering us right now. And hey, that which means probably it could be someone else that's not in that list, but that's just what I've heard so far. Not a bad guy to, you know, know what he's heard so far if you want to hear all of the possible bowl lineup for the conference and how it shakes out. Of course, he has all that information, and it's on our podcast page. Loved. I wanted to replay this here on the show, what he had to say about, you know, a year ago when he was thinking about hiring a coach and what he was looking at. Yeah, I remember, you know, obviously what what, what you know off the surface, like many fans did, just in terms of the types of the offensive output he had and kind of the the stats that he had as a, as a as a pure offensive coordinator and that's kind of what first got him on my short list but then when you dig deeper and get to know him over the course of the calls and the meetings that we had you see a fierce competitor you see a, a guy that uh, will pour everything he's got into being successful and then as i've said many many times you see someone that uh, i think understands and evaluates the current landscape of college football how to win, how to put the right team together, and frankly, how to how to properly motivate your players. And uh, he's a great recruiter. He's a relentless recruiter. But as I've said before, he's a he develops real, authentic relationships with our players. And sometimes that's motivating, and sometimes that's just speaking the truth about what you have to work on, and 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 those sorts of things. And I think the guys ultimately appreciate that. The candor and the and the directness is is important. And you can't fool anybody anymore in today's college football landscape because people can transfer, people can do their thing. So you might as well tell the truth from the get go and be ready to roll. And and the best things I can think about Alex are just 
he stayed true to what he said from day one that he's hardworking, authentic, and has a vision to to make this place uh, place a, a perennial championship contender. And now with next year's CFP uh, new format, it gives us a chance to uh, you know really jump to higher bowls and to potentially get into the playoff. And Michael did confirm my math. I know I had a little bit of a back and forth in a fun way on social media with definitely a UCF fan who said there was you know people were digging up receipts which I love of people's predicting the Bulls would have such a bad season most of those were UCF fans and one said there's absolutely no chance they'll finish in the top five and put out a photo of the standings which was I believe off the American Athletic Conference website that had the Bulls in sixth place well my contention was that the Bulls were in a three-way tie for fifth and the two teams that they're tied with, they both beat Rice and Navy, which makes you fifth, which makes you top five. And Michael Kelly did confirm that, by the way. There's no joke about that. I mean, that's Derek Sharp's tiebreakers, but that's actually the AAC tiebreakers, too. So okay. you're right. We were, predi- we, were, we were predicted to be 13th. Uh, we finished fifth. So if you go to the Americans' website, theamerican.org, and you dig through the standings and you see that Rice is actually listed above South Florida, that is inaccurate. Although Rice helped out the Bulls by beating FAU. And the other key sequence there was North Texas, a walk-off field goal to beat UAB 45-42. So those two narrow victories knocked UAB and FAU, of course, teams that defeated the Bulls, out of the 4-4 four and four in the conference territory. Tulane and SMU both finished 8-0 in the recent college football playoff revealed last night. Tulane's still in the top 25, so they're hosting. They were going to host anyway because they go back off the last week's standings, but that'll be a good one between the Green Wave and SMU, and as Michael explained on the show as well, if you want to listen to it, even though you want the Bulls to be the team in the New Year's Bowl games, eventually it benefits the entire conference and South Florida, obviously, if the league has a team in there. So you are definitely rooting for Tulane to win that game, unless you're an SMU fan, I suppose. And how could you be? They're leaving. They're leaving for the ACC. Meanwhile, here's a couple of examples of why Byron Brown was on the last set of weekly honors for the conference as part of the on a roll. And Brown to throw into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. Sean Atkins chasing 1,000. He just picked up 10 more there, and the Bulls are on the board. What a catch and throw. He got all the way out to the 41 for 15 yards. Here he is again. Near sideline, he takes it up to the 49. That's eight more for Atkins. And Byron Brown now with 98 yards passing, so he has set the record for most passing yards in a season by a South Florida quarterback, 2,923, breaking the record shared by Matt Grothy and Quinton Flowers. Brown on a keeper, cuts it inside, gets to the outside. He's got room, 10-5, touchdown, Byron Brown, 35 yards, and that ball game is getting closer every minute. Byron Brown really made that look so easy. And we'll have plenty more coverage for you, of course, of the football team as we get closer to the actual ball game. Now we can tell you that we are taking a week off from bullseye with Alex Golish as they are doing some serious recruiting this week. In other words, they're not actually in town and we're not going to interfere with that schedule for sure. Next week's show either is going to be a bowl preview or we're going to do a basketball centric show because it all depend on when the bowl game actually is. So we'll obviously keep you informed on that. And as I on social media, but more importantly, head coach himself on Tuesday night, wishing the best to Gary Bohannon, who 
in a very classy statement announced he is entering the transfer portal. That's a guy that probably thought he was going to be the starting quarterback this year and never panned out that way, but he was very magnanimous and actually a big part, as Byram told us, throughout the year of being a great teammate. Now he'll be on another team, and we want to see him starting somewhere next season. Best of luck to Gary Bohannon. Said that the women's soccer team has a new head coach, and it is a very familiar name. Chris Brown, who is the husband of outgoing head coach Denise Shelty Brown, by the way. Tampa Bay Sun is the name of the team that she is going to coach in the Women's Super League, the USL, and we'll obviously let you know how that's going. And I wouldn't be surprised if some former South Florida Bulls are on that roster. But as far as Chris Brown goes, he has not only been along Denise Shilty Brown's side throughout their life as far as being wed, but along these sidelines as well for six seasons at VCU as actually co-head coach the last 10-plus as associate head coach here with the Bulls. He actually was born in London, which I'm not going to lie, didn't realize. He grew up in San Antonio. And really, if you look at the story on GoUSFBulls.com, a lot of notes about Chris that, uh, honestly, I will be digging into further when I talk to him. And I will be speaking to Chris Brown on Thursday morning ahead of our basketball broadcast, and you will hear that on Friday's show. Now, this show in our second block, you're going to hear my chat with Jolene Shepherdson. But speaking of basketball, let's give you a little preview of tomorrow's action. Once again, it is going to be a packed house, 9,000 screaming fans. And why do I know they're screaming? They'll be mostly, first of all, yeah, you might want to carve away some time to tune in. I don't know if your ears will allow you to tune in uninterrupted. Uh, yours truly and Bridget Miranda will be trying to shout over the screaming 9,000 fans. It's Education Day at the Yingling Center. Why do I know they're going to be all screaming? They are elementary school kids. It is a very cool initiative. We'll tell you a lot more about it when we hit the air. But as far as the actual opponent goes, Charleston Southern gives the Bulls a chance to get better after going 1-2 and two in the Virgin Islands, that disappointing loss to Arizona State, and then the convincing loss against Texas Hopefully that fourth quarter, the Bulls pick up where they left off because if they do, they'll probably score 100 points against a Charleston Southern team that went 5-25 and last year, just picked up its first win of this season. Now, they started, they scheduled strong. They went to FSU and Clemson, came back home and lost a tight one to Furman, lost a 10-point game to rival college at Charleston, fell by almost 20 at Coastal Carolina before picking up their first win on Saturday afternoon back at home against Mercer, got a double-double in that game from Kennedy Jackson, 25 points and 12 rebounds. Jackson, one of the various transfers on their team, actually started off at Oklahoma State. Didn't play a ton for them. Plays a lot more for Charleston Southern. She's averaging 14.5 points and more than 6 rebounds a game. Catherine Albin is a guard who is leading them in scoring. Has 10 made threes, 15 points per contest. And a 6-1 player, Madison Adamson, leads them in rebounds, averaging around eight points and exactly seven and a half boards. We will be on the air at 10.45 for that one, the 11 o'clock tip. Hofstra Pride are tomorrow's matchup for men's basketball, and man, oh man, a difficult opponent it would appear. Hofstra, though the Bulls beat them last year, have been on a nice little roll this season. They are four and two, but they have won their last three, namely the Gulf Coast Showcase last week beating Buffalo 102-68, then Wright State 85-76, and in the finals in overtime over High Point 97-92. And graduate student guard Tyler Thomas 
is averaging 25 points a game. How about 40 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists in that win against High Point. They also have a former Iowa State guard by the name of Darlin Stone Dubar. He prefers to go by the name D-Stone. I guess you can call him whatever he wants as he's averaging 18 points. Hofstra is a really tough team to play at home. They have more wins than anybody else in the Colonial since the start of the 2018 season. Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston will have the call from there, and they'll stay up north and go to UMass for the game on Saturday. Pretty extensive and impressive stuff on GoUSFBulls.com, chronicling the second full class for women's lacrosse. These young ladies will hit the campus next fall and be ready to go when we begin competition in that sport in the spring of 2025. Mindy McCord noting that nearly every player in this class of 14 can play multiple positions at the highest level, a high lacrosse IQ class. Six from Maryland, four from New York, where they love their lacrosse, some from Florida as well. If you want to go to GoUSFBulls.com, you can get all 14 of those names and a nice little synopsis of their achievements. Looking forward to telling you more about women's lacrosse. Saw the women's tennis team post this on social media yesterday and did a little digging. It is really a cool event that Grace Schumacher, who is from Australia, is competing in. And it's over the next few days in France. It's the World University Tennis Championships. Basically, it features eight countries, including France, obviously, and Australia, Switzerland, Ireland, Belgium, Germany, the UK, and the USA, with college tennis players from each of those nations competing as a team country versus country and it's a bracketed event and to make team australia is a big deal for grace schumacher so we'll be letting you know how she does we've been letting you know how volleyball's been doing for a while it's head coach jolene shepherdson getting ready to bring the ladies to new york my conversation with jolene next on bulls beat